Hey, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Green Wine and Recap, where the wine is as necessary as the chaos in our favorite shows. I want to start off by saying sorry for the wait. We've been busy. Your girl launched 427 Beauty. I've been traveling and doing shit. I'm sick. So we just trying to get this done because we know power has wrapped. So we're going to try to do these next two episodes as quickly as we can. But I'm one of your co-hosts, Princess. And today I'm drinking one of our old faithfuls, California Roots. I'm drinking the Savion Blanc, um, the big bottle for $10. And it is 13.5% alcohol. Disconnected but not out of touch. My name is Cece. I'm also <laughs> drinking California Roots, but I have the rose. I believe it's also 13%. I have the 750 milliliter bottle because if I buy the $10 one, I will go through it. Mm. I know what it is about me having a smaller bottle that makes me feel like I need to preserve versus feeling like I got a lot. So I'ma just not pace it. And then before I know the bottle is gone. Okay. So Interesting. I'm drinking well, the rose and we it, both on it, California. So, 13 percent so yeah okay. i think i already told y'all my name cc so yes so before we jump into the, like, today's show make sure you follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at rewind and recap that's r-e-w-i-n-e-a-n-d-r-e-c-a-p and if you enjoy our show or live tweeting with us make sure you leave us a review on apple Podcasts and spotify again i know we've been spotty but give us a break we don't have a lot going on okay so also excuse me if i'm having coughs in the background we're going to do the best we can do today and give y'all a good show. So let's hop right into it. Because these last, I felt like these last two episodes were a lot. Like it was just like family reunion slash everybody coming back slash let's wrap this up real quick slash wait, what's going on? And it just felt real rushed, but we're going to get to all that. So we start off with Kane, Tariq and Davis. Kane and Tariq go to Davis's law firm and they find, Kane finds out Lauren is live. Okay. He found a bitch. She ID'd. Effie, so he's on the rampage for his woman, baby. Tariq finds that Sax has the Whitman file with Lorenzo's fingerprints in his office and his things. So they end up at the office together. They tussle it out, have a dick swinging contest over, you know, you left that bitch thirsty and I took care of it. You know, not being focused on the, the task at hand, being niggas. So what I'm really concerned about is why Tariq, who cannot fight, and girl. I hope get that baby some lessons by next season. <laughs> why would you try to fight Kane? Why would you get into it? Because you can't fight. And we've seen that multiple times. Now that nigga can shoot, you know, he can he can shoot a good. But if we're talking about tussling with the fist, fist the cuffs, that's not Tariq's game. Neither is it Brayden's. But so, I guess they said they had to stick true to life because that'd be the reason why so many of y'all niggas be out here shooting because y'all can't fight. Boom. So Kane grabbed that damn computer. <laughs> Dave was like, hey, 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 easy. And he break up the fight. Kane leaves and Tariq and Davis start talking about, you know, how everything went down with Sags and losing his brother, just the aftermath of all of that. And he reveals to... Davis that Sachs had the Whitman report so if he had it that means he probably was already communicating that information to the feds and therefore ratting all their ass out so they have a whole little heart-to-heart about it Tariq trying to calm Davis ass down Tariq leaves and then Davis decided to knock over all his shit and the first thing that comes to my mind I don't know if it's because I'm black but I was like who gonna clean up all that liquor who gonna clean up all that glass and liquor that your ass just knocked over <laughs> I don't know why but that was my first thought and I thought that shit was funny and I feel like Davis, like, Method Man in general, I haven't seen him do, like, an emotional role. So seeing him, like, rage out like that, I can tell he really tried to pull that from a deep place. Um, yeah. I felt him more when he lost his brother. Like, that scene where he lost his brother, I, I felt that. Like, I think I was there. Mm-hmm. But that little knockover scene, I was like, what, what you doing? So anyway, we go over to um, Sax's Courts. And she goes to, what they call it? The, the morgue. <laughs> and Jenny asks, want to break down? Girl. I'm like, bitch. That was a good song you- that they used to score that moment, though. I will say that. Ah, bitch, I saved it on my, like, my, like, songs. I was like, okay, Shazam. Because I like this song. I, it was touching me. Even though I don't fuck with sex, it was touching me. Um, and I know you you real good about scoring. So I was like, I feel like Cece would appreciate this, too. But she's breaking down. And she's all sad. And I didn't feel shit for her. I felt An ounce of empathy. 
felt the scene because of the music. Music, you know, can move people. But I didn't give a shit about Jenny. And, you know, seeing Sax laid up, I was actually kind of happy because people were saying, oh, no, I don't think he's dead. I'm like, that nigga's gone. The witch is dead. But I knew, I knew if his ass was dead, it was not going to be over. Like, he wasn't going to go out silently because it's fucking sex. Like, that's a revengeful, spiteful, vindictive nigga. And he going to get his lick back. So she had an emotional moment. She pulled herself together by sex. So we go over to this feds meeting that um, Blanca and Jenny, I think a couple other guys were having. And they were talking about how sex like jeopardize or like he's the reason for all this shit going the way it went and Blanca was like that's bullshit sex ain't shit he put us in this position or something she was talking mad shit like nigga this bitch just this nigga just died he just died like you don't give a damn Blanca and she just cutting off at the mouth and the other man who's Latino he was like you know have some sympathy like you know he was one of us Blanca ain't give a shit about that and I felt her to a certain extent but it was also like shut up yeah personally I didn't feel anything for Jenny because you put so many people's lives on the line when you want to talk about people having blood on their hands you use and put so many people in the fire just to try to catch Tariq when Tariq is not in this all alone Mm -hmm. and every single person has been saying that so it's like nobody give a fuck about your tears now yeah I feel that and Jenny want to get on her fucking soapbox you Blanca he was one of us and we need to, you know, get, you know, justice for him. And we're going to take all these motherfuckers down. And I'm like, bitch, you was the one who said you wasn't going to give him witness protection. Hello. Like you was, you the one who left him, that nigga out to dry. That's why his ass got hemmed up in the first fucking place. Cause had you put him in protection when he came to you, that whole thing with Theo probably wouldn't have happened because he would have been protected. So it's just like, I don't give a fuck about this whole sermon shit because y'all really are responsible for not protecting him. If he was one of y'all, then he would have been protected. So I'm with you. I wasn't feeling none of that fucking sympathy shit because if you wanted him around, you would have kept him around. Yep. So Kane and Brady. <laughs> Kane pull up on Brayden. Apparently he asked this nigga to meet up, pull up, and he like driving and Brady just standing in the road. Kane. Kane, what are you doing? Kane popped that door open and kind of closed like that nigga with a door and knocked that little white boy down and starts questioning him. You a fucking narc, nigga. What happened with Lauren? Your ass, she was covering for your incompetent ass. If he had to do your job, blah, blah, blah. And Brady's like, nigga, I ain't no damn narc. I didn't know the bitch was alive. Like, I tried to get her out of here and Effie took her away. I had to do that. What I'm trying to understand is why would you stand in the way and let him hit you with the car? Brayden is stupid. Let me stop yelling. Brayden is stupid. Like this whole episode with Brayden had me so pissed off. I'm so sick of him. He's so incompetent. Like he really is incompetent. And he really is a bitch. Because while he on that damn ground, he asking, he asking Kane, what are we gonna do? And it's like, you always asking niggas what to do. Every time some shit hit the fan, you asking Tariq, you asking Effie, you asking Kane, what do we do now? What are we gonna do? We'll think of something. Hell, like nigga, you don't have a fucking brain. How are you going to be out here in this game, in this street running drugs, and you can't think quick on your feet? You ain't got no fight or flight. You know why? Because you're privileged. And you ain't never had to have no fight or flight. And a lot of things, a lot of commonalities that people who sell drugs and live that life have in common is coming from a rough life and having already built in fight or flight because that's what the fuck they came from. That's why they can do that life. You can't just come from fucking, you know, charter schools and all this shit and think you're just going to be a drug dealer and it's just going to come naturally. No. Well, 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 Tariq is different because he was breeded by a fucking drug dealer. He just put that nigga through private schools to try to give him a different life. But Tariq grew up with that shit nonetheless. I ain't talking about so Brayden also finds out that the feds got Effie the night before. <coughs> so they're trying to figure out how to get that taken care of. We go over to Monet, who's opening up a letter from Sax. Diana woke up, goofy ass head. So she's reading a letter, you know, if you got this, I'm dead. By the way, Tariq is working out, working with the feds. He's the reason, you know, Diana put the drugs in the locker. He's trying to set her up. And Monet was like, you know, that's some bullshit, thinking with her head. Diana's gullible ass. Well, wait, 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 maybe, maybe it's some truth to this. I'm like, I'm so sick of her. Bro, I, I can't take it. I can't, I can't take Diana. I can't take that little girl. 
It's like, use your brain. He, what, he, what said he set thing? me up. He was the one that told me to put the drugs in the locker, girl. But that stupid ass pigtail. I just feel like Diana is useless. I feel like she's useless. I feel like she needs people to feed her what to do. And I feel like she's very gullible. Like, I just hate how, and she's kind of like Drew in that way where they jump to conclusions. Because even Drew drew a couple conclusions this episode that was just dumb as hell. And I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? Thanks. Dumb and dumber. What could, dumb and dumber. Literally. So move on from that. Brandon and Tariq meet up. And Brayden in the hospital, first of all, he'll meet up. Tariq come to see his ass. And Brayden laying up. That nigga really went to the hospital off that little damn car hit. So he laying up. And he like, I don't want to do this no more. I want to get out of the game. I said, bitch, it smells it. like bitch in here. Smell like fucking bitch. Because when shit hit the fan, that's really the time to soldier up. You wasn't saying this when you was trying to get Tariq to sell drugs through Western Holdings. You wasn't saying this when you wanted to sell drugs, period. When you took the fall for the fucking drugs at, at the school. So it's just like, why are you trying to bitch out now? Because now it's your family involved, not just you and shit really hitting the fan. It just feels very weak to me. And then Tariq is like, nigga, I understand you in pain, but we got shit to do. Can I just have a day off? I just want to play my PS4 and, and have a jacuzzi with girls and drink over here. And I'm like, you have a fucking Rico. It's, it's, we ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for rainbows and butterflies and champagne. When there's a fucking Rico case against you and they literally hemming y'all up one by fucking one. It was Diana, and that's a- Effie. And that's exactly why Tariq ripped that fucking IV out his arms. Get your bitch ass up. <laughs> he ripped it out his arms? I didn't see that. You just, you just missed. Up, nigga. And he started getting his ass up. I saw that when Tariq walked out that room after he took his call, he saw Brayden getting up out that bed. So Monet is at the bar and Evelyn comes in and she's all distraught, clearly. You know, she saw the as she should be exactly. And she's like, Monet, I'm sure you saw the the video. It was a confession. I just want to know what happened to my gordo. And so Monet, like, I don't know what happened. You know, last time I checked, it was good. And that lady is literally pleading, like, game aside, street code aside, mother to mother. I don't want to just know what happened to my baby for peace. And Monet is really a cold hearted bitch to really just be like, I don't know, I don't know, you know, any of my problems. And I'm like, you just lost your son. You was just in her place trying to figure out what happened, how it happened, how he ended up dead. And you sitting here giving this lady the cold shoulder? You a bitch. And you a hateful mm-hmm. bitch. So Kane comes in. She basically tells that lady, I ain't got nothing to do with it. Evelyn's like, if I find out, you know, I gave you grace with Frank but you're not going to get that with Gordo. And Monet don't Period. take it kindly to threats. So you know what she going to do. So Kane and Drew come in and they're like, you know, we got to take them out. Drew's response is always to kill everybody. That's something I've learned. His, um, he's very emotional. He's very emotional. So his plan was, we got, we got to take them all out. We got to take out all the Castillos because if we don't, it's, it's going to be a war. Because at this point, Evelyn, she knows. She know they had something to do with it. She just don't have proof. So they move before they move, just like that. Mm. Tariq goes to see Obi at the warehouse because throughout the episode, they was talking about how they need time to hit the quota and somebody got to go talk to Obi to beg for that extension. So Tariq go take his ass and go talk to Obi. Meanwhile, this nigga is ripping someone's teeth out and just, you know, I was like, you all some fucking savages. Tariq's standing there trying to plead his case like, hey, we just need an extension. Like, we can make up for it. Just give us some time. And I'll be like, nigga, what the fuck I'm gonna do something for you for when you can't give me shit? And he's like, I can I can help you out. And he was like, what I need, only Noma can give it to me. I need green cards for my Nigerian family. You can't do that. Tariq like bet. You know, that's a little resourceful, little skinny nigga. He says, I'm going to get the green cards in exchange for you giving us an extension on moving products. So at that point, I'm like, I kind of already knew who the fuck he was going to. And I hate the fact that he went to this nigga, but he fucking did. He goes to short ass tape because who else? You got to get somebody in politics. And my thing is like, 
Like, why? Because you know this nigga, for one, always wants something in return. That's way more. The value that he wants in return is worth more than what he's fucking giving you. Mm-hmm. Two, he a shifty nigga. He already don't really trust Tariq. So whatever you tell him, he's already going to like do some slash shit behind your back to throw you off, even though he's going to help you. So I'm just looking at this like, why? So Tariq lies about, well, Tate admits that Weston Holdings wants to bring him on payroll. He want to make sure it's a legit company before he gets involved. Tariq lies and says that, you know, Weston Holdings is legit. It's all good. Do business. (coughs) As soon as Tariq walks off, lying ass motherfuckers. (laughs) So Tate make his own moves. He calls Harper, someone he's also just using. I don't feel like he really love that woman. He using her ass. Of course. Girl. And so he called her. She hooks him up with somebody who has been actually watching the WH numbers for a while. And it's like everything has been looking shifty for a long time. I've been writing Congress. Nobody has replied to me. Apparently, they've been paying somebody and lobbying to kind of just turn the other way, which makes sense. White privilege. Shoving somebody money Mm -hmm. under the table. So now we know that Tate knows and he probably going to try to, he going to take the shit down to help with his campaign. <laughs> Davis, Davis goes to see Effie. Didn't much, not much really happened in the scene, um, except just her talking about trying to get in contact with her attorney. But as Davis was leaving, like she said, like, does Tariq? And you know, that question was never completed throughout the episode. Or the You know, movie. that was what she said. I just heard Tariq. So I'm glad you said that. Because I was like, yeah. what the hell did she say? Yeah, she said, does Tariq? Never mind. And I'm like, does Tariq what? And I don't think that question was ever answered at any point. And so it's just hard to figure out. Or like that, that question was never like completed or like hinted at. So I'm trying to, I wanted to know, like, did you have any inclination of what she may have been about to ask him? I just don't know what Effie, honestly. Yeah. She just. She's very hyper-independent. Yeah. And to the point where it's like her downfall. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I can't even really be mad at her because like, I kind of see it in myself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, In regards to, you know, just how she how like it's always like oh I don't want nobody to help me I'm gonna do it myself Mm -hmm. but that shit is not it's not healthy it's not and it's tiring it's exhausting yeah yeah, and I like I as someone who is still trying to unlearn hyper independence, I know where that stems from, and I know how hard it is to let it go. Cause it's mm-hmm. like your security blanket. You know you got you. Like you ain't got a doubt. Like you, but you have to put your trust in somebody else. You don't know if they got it. You don't know if they're gonna come through you, but you know you, you know you're gonna look out for you. It's a survival tactic, but it's like, girl, you locked up. <laughs> What can you possibly do behind these four walls to really get yourself out of here? So at some point, you got to trust somebody. I agree. Like, she's hyper-independent to a fault. And we're going to get to that in the next episode. So I ain't going to touch on that yet. But she did some dumb shit. So we go to Western Holdings. That whole getting raided the fuck out. Lucas done left. Of course. Bitch, I knew Lucas was the fleeing type. Lucas done dip, bitch. Nobody know where his ass is at. And the family is talk, talking in the conference room. And <laughs> Brayden's dad, Kiki, do you know anything about this? Where's Lucas? And she's like, I don't know. Like, I'm in the dark so just as much as you are. <coughs> Trace, bullshit. She was, they were fucking each other. And I'm like, <laughs> wrong family dick. Right. You got the wrong one because the one that she fucking ate right next to her. But you know, Trace always just say anything. So Brandon decides to cover for her because pussy. You know, he's like, no, I found the book in the basement. The numbers were off. Um, Lucas promised me, told me not to tell anybody, not even Kiki. And so he covers for her in that way, which I thought was smooth, but like, it's kind of just a band-aid for now, honestly. Um, Blanca is in her, I mean, Jenny is in her office and Blanca's with her and she has this letter on her desk with Saks. 
And it is a sweet letter. Like it's a soft spot to sex that we never really get to see or got to see really. Um, and he's basically professing his love for her. He wanted a family with her. And I ain't gonna hold you. That shit was really sweet. It was, it was sweet. But like, I don't really like Jenny. I don't like that he let her off the hook because bitch, it is her fault. What you mean it's not her fault? He should have read her to feel just a little bit. But when he told her, I mean, it wasn't just the sex, but it wasn't just not sex. I said, true sex form. That coochie was doing something. So that was a sweet little moment. Um, Davis, Blanc, and Jenny <coughs> have an interaction. They run up on him like the goddamn mob, letting him know, accusing him of, of paying off Theo, of paying off sex to help get Theo out of jail, get him released. And then they're like, he's like denying that. And they're like, well, what about when you went to go see Diana in prison? Did you, did you only go to see her? Did you and do something else? And like, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't recall. And he's like, we have camera footage where you slipped her a note. And then they go, I don't recall. <laughs> and started walking off. And I'm like, damn, they I got your ass. So they, 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 they really riling him up. They touching on his brother, really trying to get him, you know, amped. And he's like, fuck you fuck you but the sex is dead in it because of you guys and he's like if you're looking for somebody to blame sex death don't look in the fucking mirror and i said david period he clocked you with that one he clocked you. that's really the fucking reason why that nigga is dead because you literally you could have put him in with sex like in a second and that nigga would have been alive right now why couldn't you extend to him what you did for lauren you know she had a target on her back and, and y'all put her up and the thing is, which I, I, so y'all, I'm sorry. I wasn't tweeting from Rewind and Recap. I was tweeting from my page because first mm-hmm. of all, I was actively trying to avoid the leaks. Mm-hmm. Like I did not want to experience the episodes before um, the actual weeks. Mm-hmm. So when I did finally watch it, I was tweeting from like my actual page. Mm-hmm. And I was saying how, you know, Jenny has put everybody's life on the line to try to get to Tariq and to no avail because essentially you're putting Lauren's life on the line to try to catch Tariq. Nothing that you're going to do is going to keep her safe from a murderer who murders. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. If you can't catch him, why do you keep sacrificing people's lives? Like, when is it going to be enough? Yeah. I understand that as the good guy, we should be rooting for you in the show, but it's like, you're just as dirty as the criminals at this point because people have paid with their lives to try to help you pretty much fix your ego. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically. Um, so Brayden and Tariq, I think they meet up in like some little building, you know, floor. A garage. Okay, the garage. And they were saying in that scene, they weren't supposed to film that because I was watching mm-hmm. the crew has it and they had Lucas on there. Okay. For episode nine. Oh, and they really? weren't supposed to film that that day mm-hmm. because he was at like in real life, he was out sick with COVID. So they kind of pushed him into that scene. So that scene wasn't supposed to be filmed there. So like the mm-hmm. frustration and like just the anger that you feel was really just them not having time to really know those lines because oh, they were kind of forced into still being able to film around him being sick. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jordan sent me some clips from the crew has and I was like CC always talking to me about this I already know about this but now I kind of want to go listen to it because of like you get that insight that you don't really get from watching the show so now I'm really curious um but you could definitely feel the frustration in that scene like they were talking about how like Tariq basically was hitting it like yo 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 uncle gotta go you gotta take that nigga out like he is collateral damage at this point he has to go he's no nobody know where he at that means that nigga probably gonna flip that means we all gonna go down your family gonna go down and all this shit gonna blow up in flames. So Brayden, I just I, I'm tired of killing. I don't want to kill no more. I can't do it. Look what happened to you. I want a new life. And I'm like, oh my God, Brayden, like grab your nuts for once. Every time that nigga act hard, but every time it's time to do some hard shit, he don't want to do it. He pussy out. You wanna be in the game, you wanna be a drug dealer, you wanna do all you wanna carry a gun, but you don't want to goddamn use it. And I don't understand that. Like, why? Then why are you? Then why are you drug dealers? Don't drug dealers kill? Don't drug dealers do drug dealer shit? They do illegal. Not all of them. Not all Just of them, but like they at least can fight. That they can even fight. He won't even, you know, him a bitch up. He's a scared. Now he did fight. Boy. Now Brayden did fight. He just didn't beat up. Did he fight. 
He got in that fight when him and Effie went to go drop them drugs off. He got in that fight with Kane um, when they went to them people place and he fought them people before he got in the car. So he, Brayden then threw some hands. I mean, he won, not yeah. necessarily, but yeah. you know. I guess I feel like when it's time to like put the hammer down, he gets scary because mm-hmm. sometimes you got to put that hammer down. Sometimes you got to do what Drew and Kane did and kill some niggas. Do what Tariq did and kill some niggas. Do what Effie did, you know, send a bitch off. And Brayden is just, he pussy. And I can't stand somebody who act hard but don't want to do hard shit. Like, just stop acting hard. Just be that way from jump. Hey, I'm scary. I don't want to kill nobody. Now, I'll sell drugs, but don't ask me to kill. Just just do that out the gate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't feel like he was like that. I feel like he had, like you said, towards the beginning of this season like he likes to but like he's not really about it when that time comes so the westons have a family meeting and they talk about lucas and his disappearance and his dad blurts out to his mom and you act like you want to fuck him and i'm like why people say the darnest things (laughs) they say the darnest shit to each other and i'm like why would you say that to your wife about your brother we're in a family crisis, and that's what you're saying. I mean, Lucas do look good. I understand. He looked better than him. He do. She did pick that nigga like Dwayne it. Dexter. Lucas looked like bitch Johnny Bravo 2.0. So um, the feds come to the house. They ask for Robert Weston. He gets pulled for questioning, and of course, of course, in true power fashion, we have foreshadowing. So he looked back in this dramatic moment, Brayden, sometimes doing the hard thing is the only thing we can do. And I read that as, kill that nigga. You know, he didn't know that's what he was telling him to do, but that's what's been in the back of Brayden's mind all this time since him and Tariq been talking. So it's like, I can see the buildup to him getting ready Mm -hmm. to finally do his big one. So the feds call Lucas or Lucas called him, I can't recall. And this nigga on the phone, flipping, just like a white man. You know, I I didn't know what was going on. I, I left because I just didn't want, I didn't want anyone to come get me. I didn't want to be blamed for all of this. And I, you know, in exchange, I can let you know who was responsible for immunity and freedom. And I'm like. Of course he did the white thing. You said what? Of course he did the white thing. True white fashion, flipping. Oh, lying shit, pretending. And so I'm like, clearly they can see past this bullshit, but they need to, to recover this case so bad that, you know, they're going to listen to what the fuck he's saying. Because at this point, they need him for the case so he can take help them get the, the, the drug part of it. And they're trying mm-hmm. to convince Effie to help flip so she can take down the murders and explain the murders part of it and give evidence for that. So I'm like, <laughs> they desperate at this point, so they gonna probably just give in to this nigga, but something gonna happen. So Brayden goes to see Kiki, and this bitch frantic. I'm like, I can tell you ain't a real nigga. Yeah, I, she definitely confirmed that she is not ain't one she of them. built for that life. She you did all me. that hooping and hollering and acting like you, alright. I'm a Rosa. She just like, she just like Brayden. You want to be caught up in the life until it's time to be caught up in the life. When it's time for niggas to get in trouble, now you scared. Two peas in a pod. Perfect match. She you gonna know? be his downfall next season if they bring her back. Girl, I think they're gonna run off together, maybe because you know Braden's scary as shit. So I'm like, y'all belong together, low key, bitch, because he want to run with you. He want to pack his motherfucking suitcase mm-hmm. with you right now. So he's trying to tell her to calm down. You know, what if I can fix all of this? Would that make you want to stay? And I'm like, this nigga gonna kill for some pussy. That's gonna be the thing that make him kill. Not his family, not Tariq, not the Rico case, pussy. This he the real like, P-Valley. Bitch, he want this bitch to have a good life. <coughs> so I said, okay, I see what's gonna happen now. So Kane and Drew, and I said, these some crafty niggas now. I gotta give it to them. So they get to the Castillo's, like, what, restaurant? I don't know what they own. Mm-hmm. Restaurant bodega. The little hangar is what Yeah. Well, not their hangar. Their little, whatever. Little setup on the corner. And so the they get there. 
they start, they can, they can see that they, they're starting to close, close shop. They start, you know, closing the things and they putting these little things. I said, these things don't gas these niggas out. That's real fucking clever. Cause it's like no fingerprints, no nothing. Like you gonna gas these bitches out. I thought that was a very clever way to kill them. I will give them that. It was not messy. It was very clean cut. I wonder if power ever gets in trouble for giving people ideas. I mean, if they did, then every show shit, right? Like SVU yeah. or CSI. Might, like, I feel like every show would get shit. Yeah, Deadly Women. Like all this mother. Hell. My favorite shows. Right. Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, I feel like all that shit give people ideas. So they better not start fucking messing with power. Um, so Drew and them go inside and Drew goes up to Evelyn and he's like apologizing and like, you know, I had to do it. And she's like, it was Monet. <laughs> Please shut the no fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it was Monet. <laughs> she had Lorenzo kill. And that nigga's like, I don't want to hit his. So he suffocate her. Kane asks, did she say something? He's like, nah, she didn't say nothing. I'm like, oh, Lord, true. I'm just wondering if they're really dead because normally power be quick to report and I feel like no. because of our connection to them, it's like, what if they, what if she survived? Because I would have yeah. went peacefully Yeah, and been like this. Yeah, and then go to that door and let this shit up. Baby. Because <coughs> you know they probably cut the wire or whatever mm-hmm. after they realized that everybody was dead so that the cops and stuff can come up in there. You know, yep. so I, I would have just like you played dead. And then once I heard that <coughs> of that damn wire, got my ass up. So that's a really good point because we never went back to the shop. We never went back to that family. And they're very, even though they're not important to us, they are important mm-hmm. to the show or the story mm-hmm. or pretty much the whole drug ring operation exactly. so exactly yeah. so drew carrying around that information diana take her ass over stansfield to do what Tariq's doing i'm so sorry i just every time i see her i just get stressed she knocking Tariq, i've been calling i've been texting what's going on Tariq, like i have a lot of shit going on like bitch like you don't know we got a fucking rico i ain't got time for your texts and calls you ain't talked to me since i've been out like, you worry about trying to get your coochie scratched right now. And this nigga is stressed. Like, Girl, this bitch. His life is on the line. Please read the fucking room. So, he's so fucking. He talking to him about how, why you told me to put the drugs in the locker? They had cameras up there. He's like, shit, I ain't know. I ain't been up there all semester. I'm just trying to help your ass out. And what I love that he told her, you should have did your fucking due diligence. And look, bitch, how the fuck you expect me to do everything? A gullible dummy, not even checking for herself, just taking a nigga word for what it is. Check your fucking surroundings. And you gonna my thing is if you're gonna sell drugs, if I was selling drugs, I would never not be looking over my shoulder. Like it's the way I would never get caught. <clears throat> Bro, I'm cautious now. As a civilian who lives a clean life, I don't I check behind my tires, I check my back seat before I get in. I'm looking if somebody turned two turns with me, I'm going to the police station. I'm putting the police station in my fucking GPS. I look at every fucking thing just as a clean living civilian. Bitch, if I got product in my backseat, I got guns on me, I'm for sure fucking living a very cautious life. I'm checking everything. Drug so dealers are some of the most cautious drivers I know. Like, why are you not safe, girl? And so anyway, she's like, you know, you ain't working with the feds. And he's like, I'm in my fucking work for the fans, bitch. Like, are you really asking me that? You bugging. He's like, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't know. He was like, I, after what they did to my mom, my family, I would never fucking work with the feds. Like, that pissed Tariq off. And so. Because that was a dumbass question. Like, bitch, are you stupid? Question. These niggas are after me. Yeah. I'm being attacked. Yeah. Like, infamously, my dad died behind this shit like you know what i'm saying like my family has been involved in this shit for years and like, i've been minding my business and inherited my dad's beef with these niggas i can't even go to school in peace and you talking about i'm working with them niggas exactly so she's like well you know i want to get away i want to break away and get clean you know go to a different school where would that leave us i said diana diana Diana, Diana, Diana. Again, you did not die for you to be focused on dick. 
She asked her to think about a relationship in the midst of a Rico case. Yo, daddy just died. Okay. Effie so is that a- bitch, worry about yourself. And I said, amen. I ain't never been so happy to see a bitch get her feelings hurt. Like, you worrying about the wrong shit, bitch. He said, I ain't got time for it. I ain't got energy for it. Focus on yourself. Do what you got to do. Because I ain't got it in me. I got to take this call. So the call just so happens to be RSJ. Couldn't find out. Tate done blew the fucking whistle on the SEC. They up in there raiding a the bitch. They done found out was Western Holdings like I raided. They freaking out. Tariq, again, I'ma fix it. That's all. Live your Pope ass nigga. I'ma fix it. I'ma fix it. I promise I'ma fix it. So Diana, as Tariq is leaving, she's eavesdropping and she decides to go into his dorm. My thing is, okay, she broke in with a card though, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. she broke in with a card. I was gonna say, don't be locked. Uh, dorms automatically locked behind you. <coughs> And if Stansfield costs as much money as Effie gave up pussy for, them locks need to be a little more secure. Girl, janky as hell. She used that flimsy-ass card and slid her ass right on up in there. I'm like, damn, they paid too much money for that. So she's snooping around. She finds the Whitman file um, under his bed. And clearly, her father's fingerprints are on it. So now she's thinking, Tariq clued in on A. And this is, you know, this is how everything went down. So Kay Drew and Diana meet up at the. You said what? A damn dummy. Bitch, and Drew a damn dummy with her. Kay Drew and Diana meet up at that fucking penthouse. So Drew is like, if Tariq had the file, then he told Monet, and Monet is, you know, she got him killed. And this, this, it all started with Tariq. And I'm like, no, Drew. No, baby. No, baby. All that brain, all that head, and no brain. All of it. All of it. And, and if like Kane had to be the one to take up for him, and like, no, Monet been new. And it's like, and, oh, that's why he let you call the shots. Girl, you are worried about the wrong shit. One thing about this family in a serious moment, they're going to worry about the wrong thing. I'm not your oldest son. Nigga. What, like. Focus, focus, focus. I was so happy when Kane came in the room and said shit straight. Like, nah, like she already didn't believe that GTG shit. She wasn't going for it. She knew he did it and she set that shit up. And when I asked her about it, she said she was going to kill my ass. So there you go. And Diana, well, if she threatened to kill Kane, what's that bird from killing her? Duh, bitch. Duh. So these little niggas, emphasis on little niggas, go to the house and they confront Monet and Monet eating her little meal with her little red wine with her Gucci on. She thought they was finna have a goddamn DoorDash <laughs> deluxe meal. And they said, I love uh-uh. Mary J. I love it. She rocking that damn red hair. I love Mary J. So she eat her meal. Hey kids. And they like, tell us about them prints, them fingerprints. What fingerprints? What y'all talking about? And they go in about how, you know, they know about Poppy's fingerprints and getting their dad killed and how she set everything up and, you know, Drew killed Gordo for her. And my thing is like, Monet could not take accountability for anything, anything. And you said this in earlier in the season, that family don't know the word accountability. They don't know what that means. Immediately, Tariq told you. Girl! All Monet did during that conversation was deflect. And it was a little triggering. I'm like, this reminds me of somebody. <laughs> Just, you know, listen to what I'm saying and respond to exactly what I'm saying. Don't deflect to another, you know, don't, de- don't, ha- don't have another diversion. So this bitch deflected. You gotta start deflect. telling bitches like that. That's good and all, but we talking about this right now. Back to my original point. You killed our damn daddy. And so she's like, that nigga ain't no motherfucking saint. He sent your ass off because you a nosy bitch. He had mm. DTG jump you. Your ass is dumb as hell. <laughs> so they was just fighting. Diana was like, your ass should have been the one that was dead. And Drew holding her back. She's like, nah, let that bitch go. <laughs> let that bitch go. I said, this some ghetto ass shit. <laughs> this some ghetto shit. So Diana Monet finna fight. Diana's like, gonna get her ass whooped. Girl, Diana's gonna get stomped out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know Monet keep a gun in that damn boot. Girl, and I'm okay. like, Poppy Casper, he said it. 
He said, your kids gonna turn on, when they find out what you did, they gonna turn on you. I'm like, here, it's happening. It's happening before our eyes. So, but I mean, no, it didn't last long. Um, so we go to Lucas and Brayden. Lucas is in his little penthouse, whatever the fuck. And Tariq meets up with Pinky because Pinky, like, clearly has been eyeing Lucas all day. And that's what I like about Tariq. I got to say this. Tariq, just like his daddy, he knows people's weaknesses. And he knows, therefore, when to have a backup plan for said weaknesses. Because even though I told you, take your fucking uncle out, I know your ass might be too pussy. So I'm going to have something in the background ready to handle that shit myself just in case you motherfucking don't. But my thing is, when he told him, he wasn't asking him. He was telling him to he do was telling it him. or else. Yeah, basically. If you don't do it, then I'm going to take care of it. He gave Here. Pinky a wad of cash, put them gloves on. I said, oh, Tariq was ready to do this shit himself. So he started putting them gloves on. We go back to Brayden in the, in the apartment. And he's trying to convince Lucas to basically sign this document agreed to the Ponzi scheme and the family would ship him off to another country and he could start another life. Lucas like, nah, 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 nah. Like, I got a plan. What if I get bored? (laughs) Bitch, nigga. If that ain't about the whitest shit I done heard. White shit. (laughs) What if you get bored, bitch? What if you die? So he's like, not buying that. He's like, I'm going to take you guys down. And Brayden is like, well, if you take us down, they still can come after you. He's like, nope. Not if I pin the Ponzi on your dad and Kiki. <laughs> your dad. All he had to hear was Kiki. Fuck his daddy. Okay. That's all. That nigga heard his pussy. And he said, nah, not today. So he was like, yeah, you guys are all going to go down. Brayden had a Tariq moment and said, ah, and pushed that nigga and boom, doom, doom, doom. What did, he he said, I'm not you. afraid of your ghetto ass friends. I'm sorry. That did make me laugh, Negroes. I'm so sorry I betrayed friends. us, but that shit made me laugh. When did Lucas say ghetto ass friends? He was like, when he was talking, he was like, I'm not afraid of your ghetto ass friends. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That shit made me laugh. I didn't catch that. And I watched that shit today. Oh my God. That okay. shit made me. He that was shit made me. That shit made me cackle. That's some shit Tracy. I, I noticed exactly how white people talk when the Negroes are not around. Mm-hmm. Oh, they absolutely do. It reminded me of Trace. Yeah, because Trace wouldn't have gave a fuck. He would have said that shit right here. He would have said that shit from Tariq. And so Brayden finally caught his first body. Thank the fucking Lord. But I feel like that was- It was a little head. pussy way out, yeah. but you know. Exactly. I'll take it right like i don't feel like he meant to kill him he was trying to go up there and be diplomatic and shit but just so happened it happened the way it needed to happen so oh my god kane goes to see effie and he's in his little urkel outfit and he's really just trying to be captain save a hoe and he's trying to convince her to flip on Tariq and like da 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 and she's like i'm not doing that shit like i said about you this ain't about him. Like, he's like, well, I'm the nigga who's here for you. That nigga ain't. He's like, I want to do what's best for me. It ain't about y'all. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm like, girl, that hype. When he told her, bitch, this ain't the time for you to be trying to act all hard. Like, we have a fucking Rico against us. What the fuck do you not understand? This I said, bitch, in her ass. That's not the time. And so I'm like, oh, you, you trying to be motherfucking this. Rosa Parks and bitch your life on the line. Girl, so she's, she said her piece. Kane put his little glasses on. You can tell he hesitate. And he played that part so well, a little broken hearted little boy. And he was just like, man, fuck you. He got up and went on my I was like, you hurt his feelings. And I, I didn't know Effie could tell too. that she hurt his feelings because you could tell by her face. But I'm just like, girl, like she did that to say fast because she liked that boy. She do. You can tell because she looked hurt in the face. So Tubit comes out of fucking nowhere. Mm, I love him down. Girl, that's an annoying ass nigga. That's that nigga who be like, where my hug at? That's Tubit. So Tariq walked through the streets. Tubit come up behind him. Hey, little nigga. You know, I got this letter. Da, 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 da. I think you, I got something that you want, but I want 100K on top of what you already owe me. I feel like it's a good price in exchange for your mama's whereabouts. And I'm like, damn, everybody want money from Tariq. Take, two bit, everybody buy it. 
So I don't know how the hell that nigga paying for tuition and okay. a Porsche. Unrealistic. Shit, he almost made me convinced. Like shit, if he paying <laughs> Ivy League tuition and and paying my Porsche, paying dirty I don't money. know. I might need to pay me. I might need to start selling me a little piece of drug. Shit. Listen, I'm seeing what kind of life it can afford for niggas. I work from home. Um, so he's like, you know what? Because Tariq was like, well, I can't do all that right now. I already like, you know, went through all my liquid. Da, 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 da. I can, you know, I don't do so much. He's like, well, and I want that car. Give me your keys. And I'm like, you know what, nigga? That's why you should have got a motherfucking Honda. You should have got a motherfucking Toyota. Because had he saw that shit, he wouldn't have wanted it. And you would have still had your own fucking ride. But nah, now you driving this damn. What kind of car was that? A fucking bucket. Bitch. Driving that damn old ass car around town, looking crazy. So his car get jacked on top of every fucking thing he already going through. And so he Nobody having he worse dating Tariq. That nigga had so many bad days in a row. No. That nigga need a vacation. Like I can't take all this, and I'm just watching. He thought he was having one in Italy. Psych. <laughs> right. And that shit got ruined. Obi and Noma rolled up. So he immediately calls Tamika, like, hey, somebody know where my mom is. Like, I need you to alert the, the rangers or whatever the fuck. Get my mom some extra protection. So she does. He pull up to his mom's house. What pissed me off was her fucking hesitant. Was like, I'll alert them tomorrow, bitch. I called you tonight. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is urgent, bitch. Somebody knows where my mom is in witness, witness protection. So he did the, did the, did the envelope that 2-Bit had that he gave to Tariq had the address of his mom in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what and I And I'm like, doing. I thought they sent her as to Arizona. Why the fuck is she accessible in New York? Or Down did he drive bitch. all the way across town just to go get her? Because they lazy. Girl, this is why people... Tommy pull up. When I see that blue car, I say, oh, shit, they go time. They go motherfucking time. I ain't even had to see him. I ain't gonna lie. I thought that was too big in his car. Like, damn, he didn't uh, gave. He done took the car and still was gonna go shoot I her. Knew, I knew that was time. That wasn't no sports car. That was old, you know. I said, oh, that's the Tommy ass. And so Tommy, get out. Hey, how y'all doing, fellas? Doom, 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 doom. I said, oh, my God. Tommy ain't one for too much talking. My so he nigga. go up in there. He run up on Tasha. And I'm like, this nigga can hold a fucking grudge. Because you ain't over this shit by now. Like, nigga, we go way back. We used to smoke. We used to, you know, vent to each other about the people in our lives. Like, we go way back. You trying to kill me, nigga? And I'm like, God damn. So... They going back and forth. He getting ready to shoot Tasha. Tariq jump out. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Da, 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 da. And there's this, the, the, another guard comes in. Tommy shooting. Boom, Tariq get knocked over the head and wake up in the hospital. And Tamika is like, you know, you were not- Your mom is gone. Yeah, your mother is missing. And we assume anybody, the person that came in there is the one that took her. But your grandmother and your sister are safe. So this nigga is distraught. Tasha missing. So I felt like at the end of the episode, it just felt chaotic. It was just a lot of things. And I want to know overall, how did you feel about the episode? Because I feel like it went from, it connected some things from Mm -hmm. the episode prior, but I also feel like it kind of went into like turbo mode. It was such a good episode. Like, I feel like they have not missed at all on the writing this season on okay. the way that the episodes have been structured. Like, I really did like it. Like, it kept me... Okay. Like, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I okay. saw the leak come across our For You page for our, like, podcast Twitter page. Yeah. And I saved it because I was like, you know what? I might have to just sneak and watch this and then pretend like, <laughs> pretend like I saw it. But I held out. I kept <laughs> looking at them bookmarks because I wanted to go watch it. Mm-hmm. But I think that it was a really good episode. Like okay. this whole season has been really good. And now that like, it's not watching it week to week and I can watch the whole season. Now I'm like, it's even more intense, even though I already know it's going to happen. But like the writers look like they wanted to make sure they still had a job with the way that they wrote this season. Right. Girl, okay, it's interesting that you said it because I felt it was just a little bit like it was a lot. Like I felt like it it was a little rushed. Like I was just shocked by all of the reappearances. And like I appreciated it because it felt like a little reunion, but it was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you couldn't look away or you would have missed somebody. And so it was just like 
I feel like it was a lot. I feel like I could have used like maybe one more episode, you know, just one more. Because especially that season finale just felt like, huh? Like it felt like a lot, but we're going to get to that next week. Um, but it was nice to see everybody. It was nice to see everybody come back together. Um, so that's it for Hot Topics, you guys. Let's roll on to what was said. What's tea? I'm sorry. Um, the question for today is, describe a time you had to make a hard decision. How did you get through it? Mm, I would say the last hard decision I really had to make was the reality of giving up my suite at the salon. Okay. Um, I sacrificed my stability, my financial <laughs> stability to go back to school, not work a job, um, kind of just get a taste of what it was like to do makeup on the side. Mm -hmm. and I sacrificed not really having my car because of course it's like my car started to act stupid once that happened so money that I could have been saving to like live off of or invest in other things started going to having to get my car fixed just for me to get out of school graduate Mm -hmm. get my license and everything kind of goes the way that it went with the salon and for a long time I fought the fact of like I don't want to not work here mm-hmm. when in reality was I should have been said hell nah from jump and yeah it was a hard decision for me to make but ultimately it was the best one mm-hmm. for me and I feel like I got through it with a lot of tears and a lot of prayers and I mean technically I'm still kind of going through it um <laughs> but it just made me realize that I can trust myself and my judgment more um, when it comes down to making hard decisions for myself. So, yeah. Okay. I would say mine was like switching from news to marketing, like coming to grips with the fact that I went to school for something that did not make me happy. And I had a whole piece of paper that I had paid for that I didn't want to do any type of fucking work with. And so that was a tough pill to swallow because I went through a lot of like, did I make the wrong decision? Did I waste my time? And it's like, no, bitch, it's okay to pivot. Like, it's okay to be like, I don't want to do this no more. Like, I don't like this no more. It's not fun. It doesn't align with what I want to be, who I want to (coughs) become. So let me make the necessary adjustments. And so that was tough for me because I did door-to-door after that, I did door to door AT&T sales. After that, walk mm, around the damn suburbs. Don't traumatize me with Bitch, them three letters again. Trauma fucking ties. AT&T, Wait. I'm sorry. AT&T is the worst company to work for. If y'all listen to this podcast and y'all ever need a job, I don't give a damn if you down to your last dollar. Do not apply to AT&T because while the money is good, bitch, it's not going to be worth the mental health crisis that you're going to go through working for that fucking yeah. company. That money they are terrible. Me. It was commission-based. That money oh, was trash geez. for me. Uh-uh. And if somebody, like, if you sold a package and somebody, like, canceled, they took it out your next check. So it got to the point where I was making fucking pennies. And so I went to a point of, like, okay, I can't do this shit no more because I'm, I'm spending all my day wasting hours having, like, $80 checks. Mm-hmm. And so I quit that job. I was unemployed for, I would say, two months. And I had to lean on my girlfriends. I had to lean on my freelancing business. I had a freelance marketing business. And thankfully that supplemented some of my income. But it was a tough two months before I landed my first marketing job that then catapulted me into Atlanta. My first like big girl job and good money. So that was a hard thing for me to do because a lot of people would rather just stay in a comfort zone. Okay, no, I went to school for this. I'm gonna just push it through. Like I'm on TV. Why not? I don't like bitch. I don't give a fuck about this. I want to do work that I love. Like, and you know, I don't give a damn about optics. Like, I want to do shit that makes me happy. If it don't make me happy, I don't want to do it. And so it was no longer making me happy. And so I had to make the necessary adjustments to, you know, leverage myself into a career that I felt happy with and that could also bring in good money. So that was a hard season in my life. A couple of my girlfriends paid my rent, like Jay included, Deja, shout out to y'all, Jasmine, like, my girlfriends looked out for me. My freelance business helped out a lot with some of my bills. And it was a tough time, but like, I felt like it was a time I needed to go through to trust myself um, because from that is how I got to this. So that was a hard decision to make, but I feel like I got through it because of my support system, my friends, especially my mom helped out a lot. And so, yeah. I, I would say 
yeah that yeah it's so funny because literally I just tweeted earlier today and was like learning to pivot and when to stick it out is important mm-hmm. and I feel like that's kind of really the space that I'm in like just being very realistic like entrepreneurship is very depressing without the proper channels and although it is important to have community and have friends and shit to lean on people are also very much dealing with their own shit Mm-hmm. and you can't always call on or look to other people to help you and I feel like for me that's definitely the space that I'm in because I'm already prideful as is like I would never let anybody know if some shit was going on or like you know where <laughs> I'm at just because I do believe in like keeping some shit private because mm-hmm. I think that also with going through a hard time and like getting through it I think my spirituality, I won't even say my religion because I'm not really religious more than I am spiritual. But I think Mm -hmm. that like my faith in God and my spirituality is really what got me through because at the end of the day, like I'm always okay. I might be uncomfortable, but I'm always okay. And that gives me enough strength to be like, okay, well, I can keep going because I know that no matter what, like rather it's something that upsets me or something goes left like my path is still being guided by God and I'm gonna be good no matter what and so yeah like I just I don't know like I feel like prayer and spirituality definitely got me through a lot of it and I feel like even right now like obviously I don't care about sharing but I feel like even in this season right now we're like just dealing with a lot of uncertainty like I'll talk more about it once I know legally that I can speak about it um, on here, but I have a project coming up that was getting pushed back and ultimately it caused me to shut down my books for my services, which is how I make my money because I wasn't supposed to be here, which kind of fucked me out of my bag for two months. So just having to make things happen and taking jobs where I can as my career is is concerned in order to like make ends meet or to not get into a rabbit hole of having to like really be in fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. and so again knowing that I'm gonna be okay and and knowing how to pivot like okay bitch yeah you're a makeup artist and ain't nobody booking no makeup women's right now but you want to know what it's somebody's birthday every day so bitch do more photo shoots yeah you know what I'm saying? Like having to find other ways to be resourceful, resourceful as far as my income. And I would say in regards to making hard decisions, you also need to look at who you have around you mm-hmm. because when you going through shit, having the wrong people or people who are not supportive around you can also fuck you up. And in light of the fact that you know, trigger warning that they put a suicide warning for the past power episode because of what David's brother did. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes people really get when they have to make hard decisions, sometimes people would just rather not be here. So Mm -hmm. it's like keeping your mental health in check. If you believe in God or whoever you pray to, like really understanding that sometimes life happens to you for you, but like knowing how and when to pivot when it comes down to your life so that way you're not cheating yourself out of building a life or having a life that you deserve Mm -hmm. and I think that yeah like that's it's that's really what it taught me ultimately to be able to be fearless and this is my second time going with quitting a job to pursue my dream so it's like I mean it never gets easier it just shows me like (laughs) like yeah. bitch prepare better you can keep pushing through yeah so Whew. that shout out to the journey so let's move on to what was said sweetie um I don't know about you but I only got one because it was hard scrolling back trying to find the tweets that was in correlation with this episode so I got one but you I have two okay um one is bookmarked and I should have bookmarked or saved them during the, the week. other is no, let me go to it. So okay, so 
the first one is um Let me see. Oh, damn. Maybe I did save a lot of them. Anyway, so the first one is from As Told by Ash underscore. And it says, Uncle Lucas, when the feds were coming. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> and it's that video of Magic Johnson where he's like shaking his head. Clearly, y'all heard what he said. So that one was funny. And then this other one has been beating my ass literally all week every time I see it I was re-watching the episode today just to kind of refresh my memory mm-hmm. and when I watch it I'm like you know this place is definitely uh has a a place of its own so if y'all are not familiar we are from South Carolina um Woody who plays Kane on the show is also from South Carolina Charleston to be specific And so there is this one page that used to have a vine that will reenact scenes that do it in like a Charleston accent and use their slang. And that shit has been killing me all day. Mm -hmm. I can't hear it. Hold on. You gotta send it to me too. Wait, because I want them to hear it too. Never heard Geechee Gullah ass. Right. Them niggas. Please do that to me. When he said, you had, when he (laughs) had see that Zeke dying had my head bad. I said, oh my God. That shit had me fucking crying. Oh my God. Speaking of, I, Black really don't crack. Mm hmm. I had no idea that Woody ass was 34 years old. I thought that nigga was like, I thought he was younger than me, like 25, not, let me not say 25, probably like 27, 28. That nigga is 34 years old. Ain't no way. Yeah. So I saw it on TikTok and I was like, I was about to comment like, y'all, like y'all just be saying anything because that nigga definitely twins. And I was like, well, before I comment, let me go look. And I did my Google and that that nigga very much just turned 34 this year. You lying. Yeah. Oh my God. Like that, not that he not supposed to look good, but like, damn nigga, I didn't know you was that old. Right. And so that tweet of the week was actually tweeted by 843KT. Shout out to my boo. I don't know who, I guess the person that does it is you, Jokey Boy Productions. That's who did the voiceover, but KT was the one that tweeted it. And then my last tweet is from Deshauna um, underscore. And it says Tariq yelling at Brayden about his uncle stealing his trust fund money. It's that clip from Lottery Ticket when Bow Wow and Brandon T. Jackson are talking to each other on mm-hmm. top of the rooftop. Nigga, mm-hmm. I'm broke. Okay. Well, we got story. a good amount because I only got one. It's the only one I could find around that time range. Um, and it's by at nothing like ghost. Ironic. Tariq, we in trouble if somebody finds this Lorenzo file. Let me hide it where nobody will find it. And it's Blue's Clues hiding that shit in just a basic ass, like, nightstand drawer. Because that shit was easy to find. I'm like, nigga, I- why would you have that in your dorm room? That's exactly how you got caught with the police badge. Not that you hid it there, but, like, you should know to keep shit out your room. Like, Kane found that, didn't he? Kane planted it. Okay, okay. 
Like, why would like your room has been a crime scene before? Did you think that just because you switch rooms that niggas wouldn't think to look in your shit? Like, come on, please. <laughs> well, that's it for today, you guys. Thank y'all so much for listening and holding us down. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Refine and Recap. That's R-E-W-I-N-E and D-R-E-C-A-P. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you enjoy listening to the show, live tuning with us. Um, we got to figure out what we're going to recap after this because power is over. Um, I think the housewives are coming back, so we'll figure something out there. Um, but yeah, Cece, you got anything else for the people? Oh, shop 427 Beauty because, bitch, I know y'all, I'm tired of complaining about Period. jobs. And if you like me, because one thing about it, I am a person of the people. Yeah. And I'm wearing a at the pay ass bitch because I need to get what I need to get. And we can right. worry about this in four installments. So there is shop pay on the website. So if you can entire collection, you can break that bitch down into four pages. <laughs> Pre-sales have already started, uh, right? Yeah, they started on what's this they started last week um also i'm gonna announce it here because by the time this episode is up the program would have already started i'm looking for brand ambassador influencers i specifically want to work with micro influencers because i am a micro influencer it will be a paid opportunity meaning you will earn money whenever people use your code to purchase items it cannot be you purchasing the items Mm. we will see on the back end you will see but i'm looking for brand ambassadors Um, i'm gonna have to figure out how to do the google document because i want you guys to be able to send in like your media kits Mm -hmm. um so i can see examples of like some of your work and then we will go ahead and select and obviously let the people know who um are selected to be the micro influencers for the brand and like i said it is a paid opportunity i definitely want to give back and also Another thing with my brand is not just like a pop-up shop. Like this is something that I'm building to hopefully retire me. Yeah. And I really, I want to give back to just like prom and prom is my favorite season. I absolutely love being able to do the young girls makeup. So I want to sponsor some kids for prom. So if you guys do anything as far as like hair, gowns, whatever, in the prom territory obviously it'll be next year probably around april or may not to get details and stuff from the school but every time you shop on my website um a dollar per purchase that you make will go towards the fund to be able to sponsor a kid to get sent off to prom for someone that's you know can't afford it so mm-hmm. that's pretty much it as far as the closing notes I for me it. you guys she used some of her products on me for my birthday i love them so they are great quality you will love them as well. I need to place my order. Life has been busy as fuck for the last like three weeks, but I'm going to do my pre-order, my pre-sale order. Um, get yours too. So shout out to my girl for launching her business. because This is this is a part of her empire, which I'm very proud of. So thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for riding with us. Thank y'all for fucking with us. We love y'all. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Next week. Bye.